0: Hi guys, I'm Rich, one half of Beard and Bear. This is a message recorded on the 19th of June 2020. Due to ongoing revelations in the wrestling industry regarding currently emerging accusations against a number of UK independent, WWE, NJPW and AEW wrestlers, we have felt compelled to affix this message to the start of our archived content. We have chosen to keep our archived content as is, for the purposes of transparency, please be aware that discussions about wrestlers currently embroiled in the ongoing Britress abuse scandal were recorded before these revelations came to light. If you wish to hear our views on these accusations before you continue to listen to our archived content, please feel free to search for hashtag SpeakingOut on our anchor.fm forward slash JFabe profile. In addition, on the back of recent protests in the Black Lives Matter movement, like everyone should, we have checked our privileges in context of what we have learned, particularly regarding sensitivity and microaggressions. I've discussed our past content with multiple people of various different races, creeds, religions, sexualities, genders um, from across our society, and feel some of it may not best reflect our views as they are currently held. However, This podcast has been left as it was originally released. Some opinions are kayfabe and are given by parody characters or personas that do not reflect the present views of Rich or Jay or the actors portraying them. Listener discretion is advised. Everything you hear from this point on is what was released on the original day of publishing. Thank you very much. Hey Jay. Hey, Rich. Didn't we, have a at some point? Didn't we have a podcast at some point?
1: Uh, no, no, we've not recorded one for two weeks, Rich. Oh.
0: Um. Oh. Well, I we should probably record a podcast then. Well, we should probably record a podcast
1: then. It's In our let's, let's do that.
0: Yeah. Alright. <laughs> Welcome to JFPN. <laughs> My name is Rich, I'm a time duke, I travel through space and time. Um, Jay is also here, Jay, what have what you been up to Jay?
1: <laughs> hey Rich, um, you know, we went to Bangkok, that was fun.
0: Yeah that was kind of cool, um, and we all returned absolutely fine. Um, and the podcast is just going to continue <laughs> Nothing
1: happened at all <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
0: But now that I have got over My relapse of space tonsillitis That had me laid up in bed It has delayed a few things here But it will all come to fruition At a later date oh, yeah. We thank you all for continuing to listen um, So with all that said
1: space tonsillitis
0: I did, I did, I had a relapse After we recorded our last episode And I was in bed for quite a while Um, it was pretty awful so this week Space Bed so this week we are talking about WWE SummerSlam the highlights the rumours following the events um, our main event thoughts the lowlights Roman Reigns where did he go Um, NXT TakeOver Um, Jay I don't think you enjoyed this as much as you usually do so we've got plenty to talk about there whilst we're also here njpw ibushi g1 climax winner spoiler alert for 10 minutes ago we and also um other things are going to be talked about um jay jay what you've been doing with your week let's 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 go straight in with the podcast here because we haven't done enough podcasting
1: podcast yay
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but no, seriously, we thank all of our audience for continuing to listen and engage with ourselves um, by not sending us any Twitter comments or anything like that. So that's really cool, deal. Um Feel free to do that, by the way. Um, it's there for a reason. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, SummerSlam. I think, I think oh, we've just kind of got to start <laughs> with some SummerSlam. Uh,
1: Gonna start with our SummerSlam. It's, yeah. it's been a week, so we should probably get on that.
0: Yeah, we probably should. I um, hear Sasha Banks is back, as well, <laughs> post SummerSlam.
1: Slam. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. You've got to tell me all about she that. She wore a pink wig, and then. Ooh. Oh, well, Don't you worry.
0: Oh wow. Um, yeah. Well, if there's wigs involved, I am totally up for it. So, right, let's get started. <laughs> let's just, let's just, let's just turn, turn, turn. Daft Punk versus Wolfgang Gartner's Harder Better Faster Ill America mashup by Crux Down, and get started with our podcast, podcasting, yay! So, Jay, <laughs> I think it's yeah. time we addressed the elephant in the TARDIS control room. Um, yeah, we, were you just trying to sneak him in, or what, but we've really got to drop him off at, like, the Sahara or something, I don't where do elephants live? Africa. Alright, we're going to Africa, um, <laughs> no, of course, it was, of course, a figurative <laughs> elephant, the actual elephant we are going to be talking about is, of course, the Fiend's debut, to kick us all off, um...
1: Oh, yes
0: possibly one Good of the start. yeah possibly one of the best debu- um, re-debuts um of a active gimmick that we've ever seen. You
1: could call it you could call it a debut because it's essentially a completely different entity to Bray Wyatt himself. So you could say it's a debut of the Fiend instead of a re-debut.
0: Uh yeah, it's a debut of the Fiend whilst being a re-debut of Bray Wyatt. Um
1: Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Uh, I d- it's like Bray Wyatt'sception.
0: It it really is. Um, this is possibly the second most meta thing happening in the wrestling world after this podcast is Bray Wyatt's current gimmick. Um, he has this Firefly Funhouse thing, um, which gives him the ability to almost walk the tightrope between kayfabe and real life. Um, when it comes, like the fiend is Bray Wyatt's own kayfabe.
1: is it not how clever is that right
0: well yeah exactly How clever is that exactly i mean um things like the message to mcfoley for instance um i'm very sorry and more importantly thank you from bray wyatt um gives it that kind of gives it that double meaning um because of course he took the mandible claw and used it to great effect in his um in his further appearances with both kurt angle and finn bella and then he just kind of followed it all up um with with this debut by the fiend which fuck me um yeah what what can we say about this that hasn't already been said jay
1: I mean it's just a completely different feel to anything that's happening in wwe at the moment
0: mm the you could
1: say it's the biggest thing that's ever happened to WWE in the last ten years.
0: Yeah, I mean, this could potentially be, um, and I don't mean to for this to turn into the Bray Wyatt Mark podcast, but I will say that we have been practically well. I've 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 used my ukulele cover of his um, of his intro twice um, during during our, our our short tenure here. So that's pretty much an indication that he is. Um, yeah. That he is really on our minds at the moment. But I mean, more to the point, he's got the perfect kind of middle ground between the internet dirt sheet community and the gimmick that everyone can buy into. Um, like it's cool to buy into this gimmick now again. Um, which is really hard to consider it, um really hard to achieve considering where he was this time a year ago.
1: Um and where he has sidelines doing absolutely nothing.
0: Um well, nothing of any note. He was he was riding the final kind of embers of the Matt Hardy Broken Universe um, as that slowly kind of disappeared, and losing to the B team was it?
1: Uh, yeah, actually, yeah, B team. I mean, what's that about?
0: Well. You know, I, th- I think I think this idea of this entity kind of coming in and taking over and making him win. Um, is but, I mean, even the brutality of the match, um, the two headbutts that he delivered at the start of the match, um, whipping Finn Balor into the ropes and just, I thought he was going for a shoulder barge. No, no, just just, just chinned him. With his head. With his head, just with his head. Do you think there's any kind of protection inside that mask? Um, the reason I say is because of the um, coup de gras, the standing coup de gras to his face, which Finn Balor delivered. <laughs> <laughs> <That laughs> um,
1: which brutal. I've seen brutal. that absolutely, absolutely brutal. I've seen um, that three
0: or four times with different people, and every single time they watch it, they just they just physically shift, and it becomes very uncomfortable. Um, so for a few alive. seconds, pops straight back up. Yeah, just pops straight back <laughs> up. I mean, maybe that's Nothing part of happen. the maybe that's part of the charm of the fiend. Um, is the fact that the mask kind of just continues to smile through it. Um, but I imagine that he must have. Uh, I'm pretty sure that was misplaced. Um, that I don't think that he was going to aim for the face, but
1: you know, it fucking happened. It fucking happened. It fucking happened. And I it mean, kudos to ruined. him. Um, I mean, yeah. should we talk about the lantern?
0: Let's talk about the lantern. Oh, mate. Um, that lantern, um, Bray Wyatt's head. Um, as, a, as
1: soon as you saw the lantern, it was like, <coughs> wow.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, the lantern itself was kind of a play on the Man in the Box cover by Alison in Chains. Um, eyes sewed shut, hair um, kind of highly held. I don't know if there was, um, there was inspiration took from that or whether it was all a bit of a coincidence. Um, but then the lantern also had the open mouth of Bray Wyatt with the light inside it itself. Um, and is
1: that, Sh- it's a reference to uh, Alice in Chains' Man in a Box?
0: Yeah. That's, that's so. just what I said.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said you didn't know what the reference was, reference was to, and I was giving the reference. Um, no, 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 I,
0: I, I said it was. I, was just, I, I just said I'm not sure if, it, um, if they were aware it was a reference. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, but it was um yeah, it was Alice and Chains Man in the Box. Um obviously Alice and Chains spawned the line. Um I think it was on the album actually, um Without Eyes We Cannot Cry. Um which is an mm. interesting thought to thought to kind of have. Um but yeah, no, it's um a beautiful, beautiful piece, and obviously Bray Wyatt was all talk as well. Um and that was one of his problems. So having the lantern, the light um, be his mouth um, kind of... I don't know, I just kind of get a feeling that this is it all coming together in a, in a kind of delightful little way. Um, from start to finish, that was probably the best segment that WWE has produced within the last ten years. Um, in my opinion, if they take the same level of... the same attitude of making sure that their production is on point um, and reflective of the character that they are trying to get over, and removing the element of 50-50 booking for those that they are trying to get over, like they have done here. This could be this generation's pipe bomb moment.
1: Well, yeah, I get what you're saying, but obviously Mm. a pipe bomb was verbally produced. This is going to be more of a visual pipe bomb um, Um, than anything else.
0: Yeah, but I mean I suppose what I'm more what I'm getting to is every every generation has this moment that kind of changes the direction of the company. Um in a new and interesting way. Before the pipe bomb, um before the pipe bomb you had the announcement of P G and Eddie Guerrero um, Eddie Guerrero and um Chris Benoit's deaths, um, obviously kind of was that generations catalyst catalyst to change that before that you had um, obviously Austin 316 says I just killed kicked your ass Um, before that of course you had um, Duke the Dumpster Drossy so every generation has this this amazing moment that kinda changes everything Um, and I
1: say the Undertaker did that yeah visual effect Hmm. and Vincent McMahon has been drawing comparison saying did that draw comparison to The Undertaker hmm. see because they've got to think about who's going to take over Undertaker's spot and that's always been in my mind be Bray Wyatt but now more than ever this is going to be The Fiend yeah, I take think over if, that spot. I he think can take over want, that spot quite easily.
0: I think if you want any more indication that that is the case um, you can look no further than The Fiend's absence on Monday Night Raw and, and um, Smackdown live um, as a result of that, the very fact that, um, I mean it's been commented by um, Wade Keller and a few others that the reason behind this is to obviously keep him off TV um, so that when he does appear it is more special. Um, this is exactly what we hope they would do. Um, we discussed this. Um, Way back when this Balor thing started to um, started to emerge as the potential first victim of the fiend, um, and a lot of a lot of the more kind of vocal wrestling pundits have said that that's the way to do this character. Um, that's certainly the way that the Undertaker worked, especially during the later periods of his career. But even in yep. the earlier ones, um, he had long periods of absence before coming and getting embroiled in stuff. Um, the first one that I can remember, obviously being the um, being the defeat of Yokozuna. All uh, the defeat at the hands of Yoko zuna um that went on for a full six months for those nagging injuries, but consistently reinvented himself um he always had that kind of period where he was away um before entering a new storyline he's he wasn't a star um he hasn't been a star who w w e if they 've had nothing to do with him um they've they've not done anything with him. They've just kind of, they haven't just kind of had him in the background, kind of, I don't know, eating, eating in catering and making the odd comment to the stars who are on TV. Um, you know, he's not one of those people. Um, you couldn't, for instance, have put the Undertaker in the twenty-four-seven title scene if it was twenty years ago. Now you couldn't have done it because he's an attraction in of himself. I think they're trying to achieve that with the Fiend and if they carry on the way that they're doing I think they'll get that
1: yeah definitely um, yeah if they keep doing that and keep him on TV Yeah, certainly they'll be able to achieve that they've just got to keep booking him correctly which is something that WWE failed to do many many times with other people uh, but you, you could see Undertaker possibly do a pass of the torch thing again with Bray Wyatt uh, we thought he was going to do that at Wrestlemania but Bray Wyatt got beat but with The Fiend Going into in the taker it would be a completely different story
0: yeah, I mean, <clears throat> this is the beauty of um, this is the beauty of Bray Wyatt's initial run to some degree um, it's almost got the ability to recontextualize it at this stage, um, and that's a very unique thing to have. Um, he had an absolutely awful run initially for the first five years of his career. it was a quintessentially bad run um, where he was the victim of some terrible bucking Um, but if he were now to beat the undertaker at wrestlemania and there to be absolutely no shadow of a doubt that he had beat him and that there was no controversy at all there was no you know we're talking squash match levels were he to do that and then that passing of the torch to happen not only would it not only would it kind of well it wouldn't erase the previous um, the previous loss it would enhance it and that's what's so clever about this gimmick, I feel. Um, the story of Bray Wyatt is this lost, rambling, bearded, backwater freak um, who talked to big game, never actually got anywhere until The Fiend got in contact with him and took him over. And now the mistakes of his past, the the fact that he could talk a big game but never put it in the ring, is being overshadowed by this entity that has gotten control of him, that works linearly as a story, um, and that makes The Fiend a very, very important element to this story. Um, But the story of Bray Wyatt without The Fiend is a very tragic one. The story of The Fiend without that initial Bray Wyatt is a nonsensical one. But putting the two together, that initial run of five years could recontextualize and retcon itself into being one of the best pieces of long term storytelling in the industry. Um, and a defeat of The Undertaker here yeah. will be enhanced by the fact that he lost to him the first time as generic Bray Wyatt.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no? I think you've just smashed it there, Rich. Um Absolutely
0: yeah. awesome. Um there Honestly are rumors there are rumors at the moment on YouTube of um WWE wanting to censor the um, gimmick they have removed um, certain elements from the YouTube replays one of them was a characterization element in that um, on Smackdown, just before SummerSlam, um, Bray Wyatt from the Firefly Funhouse said that although he is a um, although he is a big fan of Finn Balor, he, um, the Fiend is not. They removed the bit that said the Fiend is not. I think that that's more of a stylistic choice on their behalf. However, they also um, took down Bray Wyatt's um, entrance and removed... Um, any visual shots of the lantern from it before re-uploading it. Um, I think that's more to deal with um, YouTube censoring policies than it would necessarily be WWE censoring The Fiend and the present elements of his gimmick. Um, Bray Wyatt, as well as several industry commentators, have said that there is no intention of censoring The Fiend. Um, I can't see
1: why WWE would at the moment. There is lightning in the bottle. Every time The Fiend's on on the product, it will make it a TV-14. Um because SummerSlam was
0: Summerslam was t v fourteen has that been confirmed yeah yep. that is not necessarily a bad thing um, no it's yeah, sad that's... A thing
1: I mean with, with Paul payment being that he could be the catalyst to push this forward to becoming mm. even more brutal
0: I mean it doesn't necessarily mean every time the fiend's on the product, if it is the severed head that's done that, um, which I could very much see it, see it has uh, I could very much say that that could be an element that did cause that um, what it could lead to is Brain not wrestling on TV or on certain shows depending on which show becomes TV14 if, if e fever of the two um, which again is not necessarily a thing, um, a bad thing
1: yeah just use the fiend to pop up every now and again like it has been yeah and then the the guy's obviously in the the main event Mm. in the pay-per-views use it then
0: yeah he will sell pay-per-views for many a year um, people will start showing up to shows where they know he's announced. Um, I I 100% believe that. The best way WWE could test that, I think, would be to give him a few more runs like the like the one he had with Finn Bella, and then maybe have him appear at a house show or two as The Fiend, um, and just see how the attendance changes. Um, and I think they may be pleasantly surprised at those events. Um, any...
1: And then that's when they put the title on him.
0: Yeah, I I don't because see because
1: then it'd be a draw.
0: Well, I don't think he even needs the title. I I genuinely don't think he needs the title. I mean, the Undertaker didn't get the title until about '96, if I remember correctly, um, and he certainly didn't need it.
1: Well, he's held it like what five times?
0: Yeah, um, and for somebody in the for somebody who is considered you know industry wide as one of the greatest gimmick mans ever. You know, it's unusual for his title count to be that low, considering the amount of titles WWE have, but it's the fucking Undertaker, you know? You say wrestling to any person on the street, The Rock, John Cena, The Undertaker, Steve Austin, those are the names that you hear, and give it 20 years, I think we could be hearing Bray Wyatt's name amongst them.
1: Maybe just The Fiend.
0: That's fine. As long... uh, Mistakes WWE could make with the Fiend. Okay, both of us should pick a mistake just to close it off. Jay, what would what do you think would be the number one mistake WWE could make with the Fiend to fuck it?
1: Well, first it would be having him lose in in a, in a schoolboy fashion would be one of the things to fuck it.
0: Okay, okay, I'm going to see that. And I am going to raise it a See No Evil style horror story um, <laughs> called Fiend No Evil, available at cinemas that go straight to Blu ray. The
1: when Bray Wyatt's interest. Yeah, yeah.
0: The Bray Wyatt Project. they call it Project to make it found footage, wouldn't they?
1: Yeah, like Blair Witch style.
0: Yeah. Like, 25 years too late. I can almost yeah. see them doing that now. Uh, I'm sure Do it you know, won't happen.
1: I mean, I'm sure they don't really make movies anymore. They just use the mids every now and again to make a movie, and that's it. So that's all right.
0: Yeah, no, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed that they don't go that far with it. Um, so, But no, no, very promising. Really looking forward to his next appearance. I think that his next appearance will they will be able to see a measurable spike um, in in their ratings, in their YouTube views, in their engagement from their fans.
1: It's just a case of one of those. Let's see what's happened, Rich. Let's see what happens.
0: Cool. Moving on from that, what were your thoughts on the main event of SummerSlam? This is, of course, the match between Brock Lesnar and... Seth Rollins, um, you know, the guy who's that memorable that it just took me four seconds to think of his name. What were your thoughts?
1: <laughs> uh, Pleasantly prize, actually. Obviously, yeah. Seth Rollins was built into the underdog storyline uh, oh. going into it after he got pummeled by Brock Lesnar in the run-up to SummerSlam over and over again. Um, He's going in there with a uh, broken ribs, possibly. Yeah. Kayfabe, broken rib, and the Kayfabe backwards. ones are
0: the ones that hurt most.
1: Exactly. <laughs> um, and then use way too many super kicks. But it definitely told that story of. What am I thinking of? That old timey story of Goliath and something, something, something. David. Thank you. <laughs> David and Goliath. <laughs> That's pretty much the story that was told. <laughs> and yeah. you can tell it had poor Haman's um, prints all over it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um special notes that I could kind of mention there. Um Paul Heyman's expressions throughout were fantastic. I'm pretty sure I may have to go over and watch tape again just to just to work it out, but I'm pretty sure that Paul Heyman left the ring after um left ringside after Brock Lesnar lost.
1: Straight away. That's Couldn't right. see him anywhere.
0: Um so that's an interesting little moment there um, really really kind of interested in that I don't think we're going to see that play out um, unless Brock Lesnar signs another well I don't think we're going to see that play out until the next time WWE go collect some of that sweet sweet blood money from Saudi Arabia um,
1: that's
0: soon right? yeah yeah no, it's, um can't come soon, soon enough for me you know I love those shows
1: got to get that pyro
0: yep yeah. it's all about pyro, the pyro Yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, yeah, there's nothing else I can say about Saudi Arabia. What a bunch of cunts. Um, (laughs) Come at at me, bro. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: They will. They will. Lost the poison in your tea. (sighs) It's all right. Don't drink tea. (laughs) Someone else's.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Someone 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 dies
1: next to you, Rich, you know, it's Saudi Arabia.
0: Yeah. uh, uh, Or Russia. I, I pissed them off as well recently. (laughs) All so, right. <laughs> um, let's just say the Ladyboys of Bangkok went really well. <laughs> and now I have pictures of Putin.
1: All right, cool. We we can use those. We can use that. Yeah. We, we can use that to. Frame I don't them know. Out. We'll work out a plan. Yeah. 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 We'll work we'll out a we'll out plan. We got a whole plan at, at some point yep, yep. in the retardists. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. In in the retards. where we are, man. both are right now.
0: Yeah, we're in we're in the retardists. Um, so <laughs> um, yeah, well, all in all, the match was good. I think the biggest thing that it suffered from, apart from where it was on the card, um, I think that you could have put the female at the end. Um, and had it have been anybody else, I think WWE would have done. Apart from the fact that Brock Lesnar is Brock Lesnar, um, and he didn't like being bumped to the um, being bumped to the curtain jerk at WrestleMania. So yeah. What more can you say about it? I I genuinely think that had it have been any other match, one that didn't involve Brock Lesnar, I would well, I would have expected this match to be... The story goes,
1: did. he wasn't bumped, he was meant to be halfway through and he said he wouldn't wait that long so he might as well to go first.
0: Um, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. That doesn't surprise me at all. Um, I mean, that's the kayfabe reason behind it. Um,
1: bit it is it. Brock but
0: Le- Lesnar... Well, he's known as a man who is there to, um, who, who lives kayfabe backstage, isn't he? Like, his character is just like, he just tells it how it is, and Paul Heyman just puts it into kayfabe, and that's pretty much the relationship, as far as I'm aware. So, I can imagine that being like a slight reflection of what happened.
1: I, I right. reckon it was. I reckon that yeah. is what, what went
0: down. Yeah, I can't see why not, to be honest. Um, saying that, though, yeah, I I don't know. I just feel that this match, its structure, etc., probably would have played better had this have been Royal Rumble or had it not been following The Fiend or had this have been two years ago when people were behind Seth Rollins and sick of Brock Lesnar, whereas at this point they are turned off by anything that Brock Lesnar touches. Um, and or at least that Steph seems to be the general. Yeah, well, I mean, if he wasn't such a dick on Twitter...
1: But he seemed to win the crowd round at the end, after he won.
0: Um, it was a good match, it was a good match, it was the kind of match that would win a crowd round, you know what I mean? Um, I mean, he deserved the cheers that he got. It was a, it, I was behind him towards the end because I don't want to see the title on a part-timer any more than anyone else does. But, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. The WWE title has a... Oh, sorry, the Universal title has a lot of problems at this stage and part of it is because uh, a victory like Seth Rollins feels so hollow when... We know that, come Saudi Arabia, it's going to be on whoever Saudi Arabia have asked for. And it's probably going to be Brock Lesnar.
1: Or Yokozuna. Or The Fiend. Hmm. Maybe they will. I can't... No, if they, I don't watch think the... they actually watch the product now. Which they probably don't.
0: They probably don't. That's the thing. Um... If anything, I could see them not having the fiend at all, considering the Alistair Black thing, um, and the tattoos and all of that,
1: and the weird mask.
0: Maybe, um, maybe it's maybe they just don't like Code Orange. I
1: see where you're going with that? Yeah, it's yeah, the hardcore style.
0: That's
1: what right. it
0: is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. On. Cool observation. Um, so that was a bit nerdy, Code Orange R of course the um, singers are Bray Wyatt's um, new version of Living Fear um, mm. and of course um, I would they the
1: singers, i say someone else is singing on that but they definitely created the music behind they're it They're
0: the band, yeah, yeah. Um, and they are also they are also musicians who have worked with Alistair Black for his theme tune um, so interesting, interesting times um, Roman Reigns' storyline disappearing off of SummerSlam. Um they kind of flirted with it in the pre-show. I'm hearing reports from the wrestling rumor mill that Vince McMahon pulled it while the show was going live. Um and that may have been why Dolph Ziggler decided to stall for so long to try and make up the runtime, but the original runtime was posted as being um four and a half hours instead of three and a half. I don't think they will have lost a whole hour um, I think they will have lost about 35 minutes is my thoughts um, but then you've also got the transitioning space um, around that but there were rumours that there was going to be an entire match between Daniel Bryan and um, Roman Reigns at one point and it was pulled but then I've heard all sorts of levels about it. It seems very strange to me, considering this is Roman Reigns that he would not have an appearance at SummerSlam. Um, I don't know. It's it's a bit of a peculiar one. He was billed to appear.
1: But did that make SummerSlam better without Roman Reigns appearing being shoved down our throats?
0: Um, I certainly enjoyed the product more.
1: So did I. So did I? Yeah. I, I thought it was um, quite a good pay per view. Better than NXT. This time
0: around. That's a very controversial thing to say, um, but at the end of the day, NXT have managed 25 solid takeovers before this, which was, um, in my opinion, just as much as yours, um, fairly underwhelming. Shall we, um, shall we go on to it? I mean, this is supposed to be an independent wrestling podcast um, set in space, and we are yet to do any talk about independent wrestling or much space stuff actually so let's at least fulfil one of the criteria NXT takeover which I know is not independent wrestling um, but is the closest to independent wrestling we've got in 30 minutes Um, (laughs) (laughs) what were your thoughts on this as a whole as
1: a whole there was two matches worth watching and that was Io Shirai uh, versus Candice LeRae Adam Cole versus Johnny Gogano. The rest of the matches kind of fell a bit flat. I wasn't interested in them. It seemed to be timing issues with most of them.
0: Mm. Um, just, I, I quite Especially enjoyed, Velveteen
1: um, Dream, Pete Dunne, and Roderick Strong. Um, That was so underwhelming.
0: That was that quite match underwhelming. That
1: been so much more than it, than it was. Um, I don't know. And Velveteen Dream going over as well. Wasn't his best showing at all. He hasn't been. As near as good as he's been uh, before he became the uh, North American champion um, yeah, almost I almost got a feel of him
0: kind of them trying to phone it in with him like there wasn't very much of a um I can't remember what he wore, which is like a first for favoltine dream for me
1: There was some kind of weird entrance to do with Toronto and football. American
0: football. Oh, okay. Um, maybe that's why it didn't really resonate with me. Um, that seems to be very kind of non-global for for him. He usually just kind of apes a wrestler of some kind. Um, what did you think to Pete Dunne's first appearance? Um, first appearance as a non-champion for NXT.
1: Yeah, Pete Dunne. Yeah, he was know. the one who got pinned. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely the one that took the f- ball. Yeah. Um, it just didn't mesh Velveteen Dream or Roderick Strong. I mean, Roderick Strong and Pete do mesh, but adding the element mm. of Velveteen Dream to that kind of watered down what he normally does in the ring.
0: Which yeah, is his I'm, I'm. Smash
1: mouth technical kind of style, which works better within a one on one match, but. I've seen him in triple threat matches before, and it's, it's worked with them, and it tends to work more in the, in the UK scene than it does in when he's in America.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking Pete Dunne's one of those people who, if you are going to put him in a three-way match um, or a multi-man match, then it needs to be people who have that ability to mesh styles with him. Yeah. Um, and I think Velveteen Dream um, and Roderick Strong, particularly Velveteen Dream, I think they work better telling a story in a one-on-one match as well. So as a result it did kind of feel uh, a bit underwhelming. Yeah, I mean, 17 sh- minutes 24 seconds. Well. And yeah, I can remember one I can remember three of those seconds and that was when Pete Dunne got was the guy who ended up taking the fall. Um what makes Pete Dunne
1: the longest reigning WWE champion in a long time to them mm. taking that fall in a Triple Threat match in Canada which you know, doesn't make any sense for him to take mm. that fall. I would have thought if anything, uh Robert Strong was gonna go over in this one. But I was completely wrong.
0: That's that's the other element, doesn't it? Velveteen Dream going over again. Um I don't know, he's he's had this title he's had this title for quite a while.
1: Um not really done much with it, not done really anything to elevate it, he just walks around with it. The only only match that I really remember that's any good that he's had with Johnny Gargano, and that's when he won it, right? Uh, yeah. other than that, since then, he's just fallen into obscurity. I mean, there's no point in trying to take him into the main event scene at this point because he's not proving that he can actually carry NXT at this point.
0: Um, I, I, I think it's it's really difficult because he can make he can make his opponent look like a million bucks.
1: But just not two at the same time.
0: Yeah well not even that I'm, I'm wondering whether the problem is When you have a title, you have to continue to win. And he might have a problem with the Ziggler effect. He might actually be just so good at making someone else look great that he's best in a losing role. He's best in a chasing role. The Kurt Hennig thing, the, um, to some degree, the Ric Flair thing, if he didn't cheat to win um, the title in order to lose it to all of the heroes. Yeah. you know, it's that's what it's striking me as. Um, I, I think at the moment, Velveteen's dream, Velveteen dream is their best when he is elevating himself enough to face an opponent who beats him. And is he a face now? Is he a heel? What's going on?
1: Um, that was all I think. He was always a tweener. But he seems to move into a face role ever since winning the title.
0: Yeah, he needs to cheat. He needs to cheat. He needs to cheat to get the hand over on somebody. He needs to use down and dirty tactics. Um, People are going to cheer him anyway because he is a tweener. He's a charismatic heel, and people love cheering for a charismatic heel. Um, So the only reason that you would cheat in the wrestling context is if you can't beat your opponent. And the WWE um, and wrestling as a whole has always needed somebody who somebody who is there to cheat, who the face can beat in a fair one-on-one match, who never lets them have a fair one-on-one match, so that when they do beat them, it's all the more satisfying. It worked with Alice Black, worked with Johnny Gargano during his feud with him. Um, It worked at various points with Ricochet. Um, It's... Yeah, it's just not happening now. So... Yeah, it's and and, and yet he he was in the perfect position where he could where he could face Tommaso Ciampa, have a feud with him, and go straight out on the back of that, defeat Tyler Bate, and go straight into a feud with Johnny Gargano for that for the U.S. title, and he's that much of a tweener, but he needs those segments where he does go way too far.
1: Maybe it's going to all change when it moves over to Fox and we get uh, Vince McMahon and, um... And the other Dunn. What's <laughs> his name again? It's not Pete Dunn, but the producer. Kevin Dunn. Thank you. We, we we do that with the Duns. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, maybe it all change then. Um, maybe. Or NXT's just going to go in the toilet because they have actually involved now. But, um... It's just one of those things, again, we've obviously got to wait to see what happens. He needs to lose the title, I think. I don't think he's, uh, he's, doing, yeah. him, he's doing him any good. Like you just pointed out. I don't, I don't out think they're
0: doing each other any good. Um, I think this is one of the most this is one of the most forgettable North American title reigns since the championship began. Um, Pete Dunne, they're never going to put a North American championship on Pete Dunne. So his inclusion in that match was a foregone conclusion anyway. Um, perfect time
1: to give it to Roderick Strong.
0: Would have been the perfect time to give it to Roderick Strong. And, yeah, I feel they dropped the ball with that one. Um, but, at the same time, the three stages of heck match. Oh, we did that. Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano. Yeah. Two out of three falls match with changing stipulations throughout, um, plus an additional third fall with an incredible stipulation um, that really added an NXT flavor to this entire affair. What were your thoughts on this match?
1: Uh, first, second, um uh, Really told a story because obviously Johnny Gargano got himself disqualified. Fully knowing he was going to go into a street fight, um, so that showed his mentality throughout the match. Um, mm. Do anything I mean, to win, basically.
0: Yeah, the the Johnny Gargano story. The Johnny Gargano story that I saw being told here. Was exactly that. This is the um, this is a Johnny Gargano who is kind of um battle struck. Um, he's he's now embracing that kind of Tweener mentality. The two otherwise exclusive sides of himself—the vicious, anything to win—Gargano that he had to use during the um during the Tommaso Champa feud and the um and the kind of um baby face, um, Johnny Wrestling kind of attitude that he first entered NXT with. Um, For me, this is kind of the end point of that, the the kind of culmination of that. This is where he finally brought those two together in a way that was truly meaningful and kind of put an exclamation point on his time in NXT.
1: Full stop for main roster. Um, Mm. But yeah... Mm. Nothing really more to say on that, really. Um, But the third Um, fall... Unless you've got something else to say.
0: um, No, no, no. I was just going to... Probably go on to where you were going to go. So, go
1: for it. So, the third fall... um, Where the cage came down and the weapons all around. So, they had their own little war games going off. Um, Mm -hmm. That's how I'm looking at it. Some of the stuff that they did wasn't necessary. Some of it it was just really spot-heavy. And... They could have still kept the the purity of the wrestling, whilst making it hardcore at the same time. I mean, like in death matches, there's an art to it. They sort of don't have that. They didn't have that capability of delivering the art of wrestling and also bringing in the hardcore style at the same time. And it was just too spot heavy, too spot heavy.
0: Um. See, I'm kind of. I'm kind of 50-50 on it. It didn't feel quite as organic as the other two sections of the match um, at all. Um, but I felt that the spots did add something to some degree because what you got are two people here who are doing anything to win. Um, and then Johnny Gargano goes beyond that into an area which is doing anything to damage the other person. He he makes it personal at that stage, um, as I'm sure Beth Phoenix would have attested to. Um... <laughs> oh my god <laughs> he hit his face absolutely <laughs> yeah i um, don't like it I, hurt i have one thing to say and now i'll be quiet again um yeah she was um she really added to the entire event don't you think
1: yeah yeah she, she, she really brought the whole um nxt uh takeover live with uh input into the whole thing um you know, she told a great yeah. story for the wrestlers within the ring. Let's just say that.
0: Now, I don't want to say anything... I, I don't want anything here to be misconstrued. Um, we're not sarcastically saying that she's good when, in fact, she was absolutely shite for any other reason than the fact that she just isn't ready to be on the commentary desk. Um,
1: that's Poor all Percy. I can say about Poor it. Percy.
0: Yeah. Um I mean Percy wasn't great, but she yeah.
1: Slightly I don't know more to say it, than Beth Phoenix.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't wanna sound cynical, um and I'm trying not to take this to a place that it probably shouldn't be, but it's almost transparent as to why she was hired and I think in that industry there are many many female commentators or many people who would work better in a female commentary position other than her um, because at the moment she is terrible at it Um, I mean fuck it just get Medusa on it
1: Mm. Medusa would smash it fucking awesome (laughs)
0: Yeah, she would. She's. I mean, I. I heard her at the roast of Bruce Pritchard um, on Bruce Pritchard's podcast, and she talks a great game. Um, you know, she tells a good story. She know. She understands the industry, um, and I reckon give her a few weeks on NXT TV and then stick her in it. I think that she would be a much needed Bobby the Brain Heenan um, kind of character. Um, that you could take all the way to the main roster. Just picking someone who's blonde and has a good image to smile and make the odd emotive statement after the men have talked um comes across as transparently sexist to me. Um mm-hmm. and that's no offence that's no offence again to Beth Phoenix. I'm I'm sure given time she will be a fantastic commentator in her own right. Um but at the moment she is not ready for T V um and there are numerous female superstars from past and present who would be well served in that role um much better than her fucking hell i'm smashing it today aren't i mate
1: (laughs) all over it mate all fucking over it
0: yeah there we go there we go um that third fall for me um i liked it i liked how far they went um you are right it was very spot heavy um Possibly a bit too spot heavy. I could potentially say it did kind of detract from the purity of the match to some degree. You are right, but at the same time, um, you know, I think they did a, I think they did a, a, a damn good match. And for me, when you're taking this match, all you can compare it to is the original three stages of hell. Um, and yeah, it kind of touched the right notes to be a follow up to that a modern follow-up to that.
1: so. And we all know that it's one of Adam Cole's favourite matches because it's in his favourites. And you can find it is in on the WWE favorites. Network.
0: Um, <laughs> although nowadays you can't because they've changed the WWE Network and it's a giant pile of shit. And uh, the hidden uh, gems it's... are back.
1: Oh, are they? Yeah. They've changed they... hid have them they... for a while. <laughs> they did. <laughs> um, they've changed the look of it and it's a bit weird. Okay. But it's there. It's there. It's
0: oh, there. okay. Um... Yeah, WWE, your your latest WWE network offering is shocking. Um and I think you will probably see people quit WWE Network as a result because it's easier to find somewhere else to watch wrestling. Um Anything else about NXT takeover?
1: They seem to be pushing Cameron Grimes. Which is alright. Oh no. Jordan Miles defeated Cameron Grimes, so they're pu- they're pushing someone else. Never mind, that's fine.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Um, yeah, that's um, Trevor Lee, of course. Yeah. Um, put in a fairly, put in a fairly good um, spot at Progress Wrestling. Um, Super Strong Style 16. He was fairly good at that. Um, the thing about the thing about Trevor Lee is, at the moment, at least, he is seemingly better being beaten. Is he not?
1: I guess so, but I really hope they don't just make him a fucking jobber who wrestles a really good match and putting people over all the time.
0: Yeah, and actually I mean, give him an
1: opportunity to shine because the guy deserves it, in my opinion.
0: No, definitely, um, especially considering some of the stuff that he did with All American Wrestling, um, with his um, with the Heritage match um, versus DJZ, and of course um, the world famous. 60 minute time limit draw um, that they had um, possibly one of the best um, southern American um, hour long matches of the last 10 years so I've been told, I haven't had the opportunity to watch it yet but I think that's something for us to maybe do a retrospective on at some point if WWE do something with him other than just get his face kicked in by Jordan Miles. Um yeah what more is there to say? Um what do you know about Jordan Miles? Just out of interest.
1: Um all I know is he's 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 an indie wrestler. He was called ACH, I think.
0: ACH, yeah. yeah. Um so my understanding of it is that um he started in Anarchy Championship Wrestling, or that was one of his first unique moments. Um he is available in the two thousand and thirteen Battle of Los Angeles um and um had a match with Tony Nice. Um, during that, that's a tournament in the first round he faced and beat Tony Nese, um in the 2013 Battle of Los Angeles, I think you can still find that on various platforms um, he's also um, fought in New Japan Pro Wrestling for the last two years um, as Tiger Dark um, uh, okay so cool. he's yeah, yeah, he's been um he's been pretty well seasoned in that element, um so, um yeah with that impact wrestling appearance as well so i think it's i think he's going to be one to watch out for i think if wwe uh have trevor lee and this somewhat unknown ach um at this stage and ach is winning um then i think that's probably a sign that we'll be seeing ach in the not too distant future um moving on ngpw
1: NJPW. um do you want to go um, into king of the ring finish off WWE, or do you want to come back to that Uh,
0: yeah actually let's just quickly breeze over king of the ring um so the king of the ring tournament has been announced um that will be happening over various consecutive raw and smackdown events in the lead up um to the fox acquisition it's probably going to be the last hurrah on um on the network that Smackdown's currently on, what's it on? TNT, is it?
1: A USA network.
0: USA. it's um, yeah. probably going to be the last hurrah on there. Um, I wish they did it in one
1: night though. It would have been much better. A um, that's
0: the f- that's the funny thing, isn't it? Um, I mean, The King of the Ring traditionally was in a single 3-hour night, but it also didn't have to cope with um, didn't have to cope with commercial breaks and the various shenanigans that come with an episode of Monday Night Raw. Regardless, this year's King of the Ring, um, rather than being a...
1: let network special, one night only, King of the Ring.
0: um, Well, at the moment, it's actually a 16-man tournament. Um, The traditional King of the Ring format was obviously Um, 8-man. So, even in the case um, Raw and SmackDown, um, which is the... um, well, that's coming on the this week, actually, the 19th of the 8th um, and the 20th of the 8th, respectively, will host those first eight matches. Um, so it could actually be some fairly good wrestling. You've got Cesaro, sumerjo Ricochet, Drew McIntyre, um, Cedric Alexander, Sami Zayn, The Miz, Baron Corbin, Kevin Owens, Elias, Ali, Buddy Murphy, Chad Gable, Shelton Benjamin, Apollo Cruz and Andrade. Um, who do you reckon is getting it?
1: Who do you think is going to win? This is the this whole, yeah. whole thing and the only way for WWE Logic to make Ricochet King Ricochet. Um, let's have a look.
0: Yeah, they can't go for King Ali um, because Disney might be after them for the copyright on Prince Ali. <laughs> um... King Joe doesn't have the right ring to it. I could see them pull in a swerve and go into Zaro.
1: King Zaro. King um, Owens. Still KO.
0: Yeah, I can't see. Ke- <laughs> Kevin Owens is clearly there to have an amusing back and forth with Elias um, before being. Losing defeated. to Buddy
1: Murphy. Um,
0: quite possibly. Um. You might see Kevin Owens go to the final, though?
1: I don't think so. I don't think so. It might I be. don't know,
0: When you're listing everybody here. If I said to you, who do you reckon is going to be in the King of the Ring final this year? Kevin Owens, Elias, Ali, Buddy Murphy, Chad Gable, Shelton Benjamin, Apollo Crews, or Andrade? Your immediate thought would be Kevin Owens, would he not? Andrade. Um. Possibly, possibly. I mean, he's going to have a fantastic match with Shelton Benjamin, that's for sure.
1: I know that's going to be absolutely fucking awesome because I do think Benjamin is going to go through to the next round. Uh, So Um, let's go through uh, the brackets. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, let's quickly go
0: through them. Um, So Cesaro, Samojo, Ricochet, Drew McIntyre. So the winner of Cesaro versus Samojo will face Ricochet or Drew McIntyre. Thoughts on that?
1: So I'm just going to say winners. I'm not going to give out anything else. Um, So Uh Cesaro, Joe, I think Joe's going to go forward with that. I think Cesaro's going to go out the first round, even though Joe is a jobber at the moment. Yeah. And then Ricochet will go to face Joe, beating Drew McIntyre, Cedric Alexander over Sami Zayn, and then Baron Corbin over The Miz.
0: Okay. Um, I will probably say Cedric Alexander, Sami Zayn are more likely to see Sami Zayn um, face Baron Corbin. Yeah. and then get beaten by Ricochet later on because I think they could put on a better match.
1: But at the moment they're pushing uh, Cedric Alexander, not really oh, okay. much on Sami Zayn. Um, at, s- at some point, well. at some
0: point, Baron Cor- Corbin is going to have to get his comeuppance
1: because so then you've still got the works. face heel thing going off as well.
0: So yeah, I mean you could end up with Baron Corbin versus Ricochet.
1: Um, I don't know. I just I just have a feeling will, that probably will get yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And then Ricochet will move forward into the final from there.
0: Then it's whoever whoever they feel is gonna lose the least if they lose to Baron Corbin, in which case I would say probably Sami Zayn. Um because they don't have a fucking clue what they're doing to him. Doing with him. Um Kevin Owens Elias.
1: Yeah, Kevin Owens will go over.
0: Yeah, and then I Bloody agree Murphy
1: face heel still. And then heel goes mm. over. Yeah. Um Challenge and Benjamin's Benjamin of Benjamin's got this weird gimmick going off at the moment but I reckon he'll go over he yeah. will beat Apollo Cruz because Apollo Cruz is still a jobber
0: yeah but he is very happy to be there
1: very happy to be there he's always smiling so that's always good
0: <laughs> <laughs> and your thoughts are that Ricochet is going to go through so yeah. by your prediction he would most likely hit Samoa Joe um, and beat him there um, then probably go against Baron Corbin in the semi-final. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then finally end up with Andrade, who will have fought through Apollo Crews, Shelton Benjamin, um, and probably either Buddy Murphy or Kevin Owens.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: Yeah. Um, I feel that Ali may surprise us and get quite high. Um, I mean, he's still he's still on that. Kind of post WrestleMania, sorry that we fucked over your gimmick train. Is he not?
1: Yeah, he's still on the radar, but I wouldn't say he's too high on the radar at the moment. He's like mid radar. So yeah, I he's we'll kind of. First round. And Buddy Murphy is now getting a bit of a push. I think he's now moving into some kind of thing with Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan. He faced um, Roman Reigns on SmackDown, which was actually the match of the night for everybody, apparently. I've not seen it yet. Apparently, it's a show's dealer. Um, so I need to check that out. So yeah, mm, that could be like interesting. He's a bit of a push at the moment.
0: Um, yeah, I mean that's fair. Um alternatively you could get Eric Rowan attack him or someone else attack him during that first round just to continue on the Roman Reigns storyline. Um yeah. since he is so heavily intertwined with that, and then Ali could go through as a result. So any one of those could happen. Um, I feel
1: yeah, yeah, no, no yeah, I think you've got a good addition going off there but I still think Buddy Murphy's going to go through to the semis
0: yeah fair play fair play we'll have to see how it plays out Um, both of us could be right of course he could get um, that involvement with the Roman Reigns storyline returning during his during his shot in the semis who do you think's going to enrich um I'm incredibly um I'm incredibly flavored by your statement of Ricochet. If I'm honest, um, mm. I I had no one pegged to win this beforehand. And then when we looked at the bracket together earlier, you did say Ricochet, and I was like, "Oh yeah, of course, it's gonna be Ricochet." So, I don't think I can actually come up with a counter bet there.
1: All right. Okay.
0: Um, I unless unless they were going to Shockers, in which case I feel on Benjamin as a as a monster heel. Um, because he would make sense uh facing Kofi Kingston and using it to kind of put him onto the next level and put him in the title picture um post Randy Orton. Um I mean Shelton Benjamin Kofi Kingston will be one hell of a match at Survivor Series. But it I don't would think be they're thinking it would that.
1: Be a hell of a match but they would they wouldn't put Shelton Benjamin in, in the main event that's a thing.
0: I don't think they're thinking that far ahead. Um I don't know, because when they hired Shelton Benjamin again, he was he was a mid-card in New Japan Pro Wrestling, remember?
1: He was, yeah.
0: Um, so, I mean, maybe they saw that Shelton and have just been holding off on it. But, yeah. Well, all, it, all he
1: does now is look around and smile and walk off, so...
0: Yeah, um, I mean, it would make sense for Shelton Benjamin to kind of have that win um for me um considering that the question that started off with that gimmick was any thoughts on going for the wwe championship and everybody was kind of like um wait what why is she asked that question he's not even in the title picture um this would actually be the platform to get him in that title picture so uh, my thoughts are ricochet or shelton benjamin um and i'm gonna say shelton benjamin if they decide to pull a shock out
1: Okay, we've got a bet.
0: <laughs> no, 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 I said if on well, my primary, my <laughs> primary goal is ricochet. My primary thought is ricochet.
1: Okay, all right, fine. We don't have a bet. It's fine.
0: All right, let's make it interesting. Um, shout on Benjamin.
1: Okay, yeah, ricochet. Let's see who wins. What do we win? What happens if we lose? What should we do? Um,
0: I don't know. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah. Um, there we go. Yeah. I'll, I'll
1: buy you a your whiskey or something.
0: Okay. Okay. That there sounds go. good.
1: Sorted. Sorted. Yeah.
0: The excitement, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the excitement. Um. Right then. So, going to go on to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um. Just to kind of round things off here today. Um. Thank you all for listening through this rather threadbare episode. Um. As I say, um. I have. I've been on, I've been on space penicillin. How really was
1: that? It
0: really makes your pee smell, mate. Oh,
1: like asparagus. You know,
0: yeah, well no, uh, well it doesn't smell like asparagus, it just smells septic, but yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> That's the infection pouring out of you.
0: It <laughs> kind of is actually, I had to look it up, but apparently <laughs> it's a common thing with penicillin is that it does make your pee smell because it takes all the toxins out um, hmm. through your bladder. So, um,
1: nice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, tell us your experiences on penicillin. Um, (laughs) feel free to just get in contact. We are of course available on Anchor, um, Spotify and wherever else you get your good podcasts. Um, Google play iPhones etc can use your contact <laughs> history there um, oh the passion
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just didn't have it loaded just didn't have it loaded up mate ok you know um, and <laughs> I'm not I'm not reaching over to type it in um, we're also available on twitter that is at podcast. yeah yeah
1: hmm on your console
0: yeah yeah on my retardist console yeah it's funny how I got that to run on windows 7 so that you could use it as well
1: it's strange, isn't it?
0: Strange. Um, no, no, no. All I had to do was insert uh, um, an x86 processor. Um, I mean, it uses a form of Duke, um holochronic um, processors that are quantum in nature. So the actual emulation of an x86 processor from um, early 21st century um, Earth is, is actually pretty simple for it. So... Yeah, just kind of pop that in. And there we go. You've got a Windows desktop that you can use. Um, I mean, granted, this computer could literally restart the universe um, with all of the power that's in it, but nope, Jay had to use Windows 7. Geek. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. Uh, (laughs) No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, I mean, Taz insists on using Windows 95.
1: Well, he is stuck in the past, in his mind.
0: Uh, Yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Um, One of these days I'm going to get him to um, do some of the photoshops for our our podcast, and it's just going to be like word art.
1: (laughs) (sighs) Uh, Oh, looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, Taz is so stupid. Anyway... (laughs) Moving on, uh, NJPW, um, G1 Climax, we were going to do all of that and then I got space tonsillitis and it hurt a lot. So instead, I ate some ice cream and bought myself an Xbox One um, to nurse me back to health.
1: Um, Good call, by the way. Good call. I don't know, it's (laughs) alright.
0: It spends a lot of time installing stuff.
1: Yeah, but but all, all consoles do that now, so...
0: Oh, well, that's cool. That's cool. So, like, you know, it's like, yeah. Maybe we should um, go to the
1: future and get a PS 17. 17, <laughs> it,
0: yeah. Oh, no, yeah. no. The, the problem the problem with the 17 um, was that, you know, the little buds that you put on the side of your head to make you see shit? Mm. Yeah, also made you see shit when they weren't on. Um, and that kind of became um, that kind of became a problem for a while um, Black Mirror's called it bloody <laughs> Black Mirror yeah. this is well yeah I I don't want to say that maybe Charlie Brooker's a time duke but all I'm saying maybe he is oh I did say it then cool Definitely oh, moving, it. On. moving on <laughs> <laughs> G One Climax. Um they had its final, um that was a few days ago. Um some pretty important stuff coming out of it. Kenta. Let's start with Kenta. Kenta. Kenta has joined the Bullet Club.
1: Who saw that coming? No one, actually. Absolutely
0: no one, uh, yeah. That's that was... the answer to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Absolutely. No, it was, it was Nobody. Actually, a bit of a shock. Um Yeah, I didn't see that that's
1: coming. A nice shock. But um it is. So a like, very nice shot. Does Kenta need Bullet Club or does Bullet Club need Kenta? Right now? Um that's, that's, Yeah, I nice think
0: shot. that's actually the question that you have to ask, isn't it? Um I would say
1: Bullet Club needs Kenta right now.
0: I would say so too. Um I mean Jay White, Bullet Club put a lot of time into him. I think what we could be seeing, um given what happens later on the card, as this be a turning point for Jay White within Bullet Club? Um, I think they've put a lot of stock into Jay White and he has been unable to deliver at a fairly crucial moment um, given the result of the final match. And I think Kenta, on the other hand, could be the guy who saves the Bullet Club in a post-elite world. How about that?
1: I like it. I like it. So we're going to see some new character development coming from Kenta. He's going to become more cocky, more rash, Um, but still the same kick-ass wrestler that he is. So yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that character development because obviously he's played this really stern face, I'm going to beat you fucking crap out of you kind of character for many years now, so it'd be really nice to see him play something else.
0: Um, Yeah, although I was quite interested in the Kenta that we've seen for the past um, couple of weeks at least, in that... He was able to play the, I'm going to kick your ass, really stern face character, um, and actually kick people's ass while he did it, rather than just, you, oh, know, yeah.
1: just, losing. you know, losing and maybe causing one of the worst watches ever in Royal Rumble history, but that's a different story.
0: Yeah, that is a different story. You can hear all about that story um, on <laughs> our archive, the first ever episode um, of our podcast, Back in the Crazy World. Of January f- somethingth, um, and back we did in it in February. <laughs> we did, did we?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first podcast was in February. Was it? Yeah, the first one released anyway. <laughs>
0: oh okay. Um, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Just just clicking on Anchor to to double check, get that date, <laughs> get that date. Indeed. Um, but yeah, no, you can hear it in our archive. Um, that is available to you, um, definitely for free. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we don't. We don't charge a penny for this. All don't of this us great, in. all of this great back and forth. Um, we charge absolutely nothing for it. Um, but no, on that episode, we do talk about that as well as the Royal Rumble. If you ever feel like just stepping back in time with me and going and listening to that, please feel free. Um, it is. Good fun. Um, regardless, let's move forward um, from that. John Moxley. John Moxley. Just kind of, he was there.
1: He was. He was. He had a great showing in the G One. Yeah, an
0: amazing showing in the G One. Um, it's kind of
1: his final matches. Um, yeah. Did Juice beat him?
0: Uh yeah, I believe Juice did. Um yeah. and that h- has led to um John Moxley versus Juice Robinson in a no DQ match um being touted as coming soon. Um that's gonna be something interesting to look at considering the slightly different style that he runs in NJPW.
1: Well, he's going to tap into that American deathmatch <laughs> style that scott has got going on and just bring that out for one match. Yeah, no, um, obviously, in New Japan Pro Wrestling, he's a more technical wrestler. I would kind of be interested to see sometimes. that. He does, he does, he's one of the people that can actually mix together the hardcore style with the technical style with throwing submissions and also smack you in the face at the same time. Great wrestler, hmm. obviously. Bit of a mark, but... <laughs> yeah,
0: of course. Um, I mean, he he had a really good showing Um, I mean he beat some massive names Taichi Jeff Cobb Tomohiro Ishii, Shingo Takagi, Tetsuya Naito Um, yeah him and his first defeat was on July 14th him and Umino were defeated by Jeff Cobb and Ren Narita in a tag match Um, this was after Cobb pinned Umino and then he went on to win his, uh, sorry lose his next four matches against Toriyano. J. White, Hiroki Goto, and Robinson, um, that caused him to fail to advance, it also gives him a fairly good way of turning heel if he wishes to blame Shota Umino um, for that string of defeats. I oh, know
1: they definitely shouldn't, shouldn't split those guys, don't they? they're together. They've got, <laughs> they've
0: got a really good dynamic haven't they? Yeah. A surprisingly good dynamic um, I mean basically the entire gimmick is that John Moxley's kidnap show to Umino and making him wrestle with him
1: pretty much you're my young lion now I'm gonna teach you how to do things yeah so he's um, the teacher and he's the student
0: yeah it's like this enforced teacher-student relationship um, yeah it's basically it's basically money now you are right um, I will be interested to see the match that crops up between him and Juice Robinson. Um, That, for me, will be good. Um, I'm hoping it's going to be a fairly robust match. Yeah, looking forward to it. And I'm hoping that... Well, it's going to be interesting for a lot of people just because Jon Moxley himself is so interesting at the moment. And I'm hoping that this is going to be an example of seeing somebody who has kind of worked with a style... Um, and then kind of pulled it in. Um, pull, pulls in the kind of the hardcore element into his um, current New Japan Pro Wrestling style, mm. and then you can see the transition or the or the or the juxtaposition between um, his old style and his new style, I suppose. Um like, or his two different national styles.
1: Because he's playing, he's he's doing a much um, more strong style, technical style within New Japan Pro Wrestling. Do you think he'll adopt? Say the Japanese deathmatch style going into that match as it's in Japan, or do you think you'd just stick to the, the the way he does it normally when he's in any other promotion in America?
0: I don't think it will be beyond him to adopt that style. Um, so I think it will be an interesting. I think it will be an interesting way of working it. Mm. Um, I think he can do it, and I think it will be a great way for him to prove that he belongs. Um, that he belongs across the Pacific just as much as he does um, in the United States. Um, if anyone can do it I think it's him um, yeah definitely I would I'd like to
1: see him pull out a, a Japanese deathmatch style going into this match but I wouldn't be disappointed if he just pulled out the normal John Moxley deathmatch style because that's yeah. also it's great it's a
0: special attraction for Japan as well yeah. after all um, but no this is a man who has gone from strength to strength and consistently surprised us since um, his final appearance in WWE on April 21st. It has been one hell of a ride, and whatever he pulls out of the bag um, for the rest of his season um, with New Japan Pro Wrestling is something that's going to excite us a lot. And of course, finally, rounding off the G1 climax and also our show for this week the final match of NJPW's G1 climax Kota Ibushi versus. Jay White, abushi for the win. Um, Jay, I don't believe you've had the opportunity to watch this match.
1: I haven't had the opportunity. For some reason, my Looch um, Japan Pro Wrestling world is not letting me watch anything. It's, it's very annoying right now. Um, um, yeah, it's the time it, vortex. Yeah. Well, you know, can you we sort it out? Can we move somewhere else? I mean, we can go anywhere we want.
0: Um, yeah, sure, we'll go and watch it after this. Um, yeah. <laughs> Oh, um, regardless um, I'm just going to spoil the match now for you but effectively <laughs> effectively it starts off with all of Bullet Club um, coming down the aisle um, Kota Ibushi stood in one corner all of Bullet Club in the other and um, Red Shoes gets rid of them all. Um, Guido manages to persuade um, Red Shoes to allow him to stay. Um, within the first few seconds, Abushi um, is pulled out of the ring by Guido, leading to him being um, ejected from the ringside area as well. Um, the rest of the match is an interesting mix of Katarabushi's strong style, um, kind of that extreme. Um, That extreme fighting spirit strong style that he's very much known for, um, meshing with Jay White's um, almost all Japan-esque Southern Kings Road style. Um, Lots of working on the ankle of Kurobushi, and yeah, all in all, um, fairly well put together. Um, Referee takes a bump towards the end, um, and... Then Bullet Club come out and get their asses so soundly handed to them with Ibushi taking the win. All in all, damn fine G One climax and damn fine match. Um, uh, obviously you haven't seen it. Go out your way to see it. Um, what now for Katarabushi?
1: I, I will go out my way to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find a way. I'll yeah. Find a way of doing it.
0: <laughs> um, what 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 now for Katarabushi? Hmm? What now for Kota Ibushi?
1: What now for Kota Ibushi? Um Well, if he's got to go against the whole of the Bullet Club, as it would seem to doing now, join Chaos. Join Chaos and then take the championship from the yeah. yeah. Kota. Um, makes perfect in sense. Makes perfect
0: sense for him to go into Chaos, um, given what he's you know, been doing with the Shinsuke and the Yao, so that would make absolute perfect sense. Um, yeah, I think that's the way that they're going to go. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Anything else that we need to talk about while we're doing this podcast? Um, obviously, we'll go back to our regular format fairly shortly. Um, we've just had a lot on with my space tantalysis and Jay's various shenanigans. He's <laughs>
1: so Should crazy. We? crazy crazy shenanigans of jay's life yeah. um let's um i think we should go back to a bit of a podcast for the next one i think we should turn it up for um yeah. for toronto
0: Yeah, I think we should maybe go for Progress Toronto. Yeah, I'm quite happy to do that. I need to catch up on a bit of my Progress Wrestling. Um, So, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be watching Progress um, and obviously keeping you up to date with all the other news as well on our next show. Hopefully, we should be doing some other interesting things as well, like you guys know and love. We shall see how that pans out. Jay, anything else before I... Players out with something.
1: Bye everybody. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, all right. Um, yeah. Um, let's just let's just go for something. Um, that'll do. Yeah. Um, see you all later. Thank you very much for listening. I have been Rich. Jay has I've been, been Jay. Yeah, yeah. I've that's, been Jay. I've been Beard, and he's really been there Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's all good fun. Keep. On trucking. (laughs) (laughs) Do people say that? Kids still say that, right? Yeah, yeah. Kids do still say that. Join a little convoy. Bye.
1: But bye.
0: Shout shout out to Mitch. Shout out to Mitch. We all like Mitch. Uh, Yeah, keep listening to. Us, because we're, we're still here, we still exist. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah, um, hope this song kicks off soon. It's
1: coming. it's coming.
0: Yeah, is it coming?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's gonna drop soon.
0: Ah, okay. Yeah, it's gonna drop. Well, well, until then, we'll see you all later. Yeah, bye. Bye-bye. Bye, 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 bye. Yeah. Yeah. This our oh, best episode ever.
1: Sky, bo- guy, bo- guy. good episode. Beard and Bear, out. Put your